0: Welcome to The Count of Three. I'm your host, Susie Kennan.
1: And I'm host, Kyle
0: Ward. Hey, Susie. Hey, Kyle. Our guest today is Rebecca Fox. I know some of you already know Rebecca, but for those of you that don't, she's a wife, mother of two, humorist, parent educator, and professional speaker who has entertained audiences nationwide. She's been a PTA leader at multiple campuses and a school board trustee in KDISD, and we are super proud that she is a Texas PTA Life member. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rebecca. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be a part of this.
1: So glad to have you today.
0: Okay, so let's jump right in. The average American spends upwards of two hours a day on social media. Course, that's only an average, but it did make us curious about our own use. So Kyle and I checked. My phone doesn't exactly keep track of it the way an iPhone does, but I'm fairly certain that I'm over the two hours a day. Kyle, yours said you spend what?
1: Three hours, 34 minutes a day average.
0: Right. So definitely eye opening. (laughs) According to the 2019 data from Pew Research, 78% of adults 30 to 49 are on Facebook of course, making that the most popular social media platform among adults. Do you think that adults are catching up to teens and the social media
2: usage? Well, I certainly think our teens have shown us creative ways to communicate and gone are the days of just picking up the phone and having a long conversation with a friend. Not gone, but for a great part of that. We have easy connection, check in on family, check in on friends who are on social media. So certainly keep up with our teens and the TikToks and all the things that they love and, and uh, kind of see where what they love and where they're going. I think we can uh, check in on social media. We have it right at the palm of our hands. I think that's what causes us to spend more time than that shocks us, right? There's like, how did I spend that much time? Because it's in your pocket, easy to pick up. You're checking a text message and, oh, I'll just click over to you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all those things. And you all don't spend three hours at a time there. It's intermittent throughout the day, right? When you're checking on other things, or you have a break, or you're, you know, sitting in the long line at Chick Fil A.
1: Yeah, you know, Rebecca, it was interesting because I was one of probably the very last human beings in the world to get on social media, so I'm on it. So when we did this and prep for our visit today, three hours, thirty four minutes. At first, I felt kind of ashamed because I'm like. Wow, that seems like a lot of time. Our members in PTA do a lot on Facebook. And, you know, we're a family, so we celebrate birthdays and anniversaries, and that's a lot of what we do in PTA. So I guess it really isn't all negative, because a lot of that is the positives that we're sharing with one another, especially during this pandemic when we couldn't get together.
2: Too much is too much. And if you use it as your only means of communication, uh, you know, I think that's too much. But to, you know, to celebrate new babies, somebody makes the cheer squad, the football team, you know, won the district championship and they're moving on. Those kinds of things that we, of people we know, you get to click like or love and make a quick comment and just to encourage. I love it for the encouragement and for the stories it tells. I love to tell a story. That's my thing. I'm a storyteller. And... I'm an encourager by nature. That's what I love to do with it is tell the story, share the successes and spread that to people who would suck the oxygen out of the room with something negative.
1: And that leads me to our next question. So we just talked about all the positives of social media, but as I'm on Facebook and I know Susie and I have talked about this because she and I talk about a lot of things as PTA leaders, but You know, we see so much on Facebook that, you know, I just bought this fabulous new car. Or look at my children. They're on every honor roll in the school district. And look at all the crafts that we did together as a family. And and our children are all in the kitchen cooking together. And then, Rebecca, then there's other parents that are just struggling, you know, with their own jobs to get one meal on the table, let alone of all this group activity. I guess sometimes I feel like it depicts a false narrative on Facebook, and it makes some of us probably feel less like we're inadequate as a parent. What do you tell us about that? Because I do see Facebook, I see all the upsides, but I also think it can make people feel inferior as well.
2: Well, my main thought is comparison is the thief of joy. We cannot compare ourselves to others. You and your family and and your relationships are authentic to you and, and real and you know what happens. The other thing is those are highlight reels. People get to choose what to post. That is not A reality TV camera following you around seeing all the things that don't go perfectly and staging photos and, you know, when you're cooking something, everything looks perfect or your children are all in there happy, you know, everybody's smiling. We know that's in an authentic world. It's not like that all the time. And I think it's great to share those things. But I also know that genuine, authentic stories are the best kind so on Instagram, some of the people that I follow there, they people are like, oh, your your family just looks so happy. And she's like, this is a highlight reel, people. I don't show you the tantrums. I'm not going to show my child in a tantrum on a highlight reel. Someone said, you just look, you're so put together. And she turned that camera around and said, does your house look like this? And it was a mess with her small children, right? And I was like, thank you for being authentic in that because that's what really happens. And it helps us. So, uh, you know, filters all those filters that they have to make you look glamorous or perfect in your skin tone and all those things. And and those are they're filters. They're uh, an image that it's okay if you want to use those fine. If you don't want to use those fine, but it's not our place to judge others. And we can't judge ourselves when we look at others. Do you
1: think people become more harsh because of social media with each other?
2: Yes. Much easier to do from a keyboard than in person, right? Much easier to do and I also believe the written word doesn't convey, you know, a tone of voice, eye contact, facial features, the whole, you know, nonverbal communicators. And so I've, I have think I'm funny. And if people laugh at my jokes, I'll think they're smart, right? So I, I'm just like typing away, oh, wait till they see this. And, and then someone will come back and reply something. I'm like, no, no, that was a joke. I'm funny. I didn't know I had to tell you, right? And it's, but it doesn't come across in written words. So I've learned to, I've learned to taper those things, right? Or be like, LOL, happy, this is a joke, JK. There certainly is a lot of, can be sometimes hatefulness and meanness and that doesn't make anything better. And arguing about a disagreement on Facebook doesn't change people's minds, I think you can have your opinion and state it, but I think we should be respectful of that and just keep, keep moving.
1: I'm wondering, what do you think? Because I hear it often said, and, and I say it myself sometimes, are we really better off now with social media or are we not?
2: That's hard because yes, in some ways we're better off because we can connect with people we don't see. They live far away right and we can connect easily with them and for those who are not super close to us it's nice to keep up and for example my family lived all over the world we lived overseas for 12 years and we've lived in six countries with my husband's oilfield job so i know people of all nationalities from all over the world and i get to keep up with them from the philippines from india from europe i still am able to keep up with them through social media we're able to connect in a way that's really fun to see what everyone's doing but it doesn't substitute connections that we make when we can actually be present, really present. I still intentionally call together groups of of people I want to spend time with, lunch, an activity, let's go to Round Top or let's just grab lunch or meet at a coffee shop. I think those relationships, those conversations are much deeper than anything you can connect with on social media, right? Have real, pour into each other, life Discussions with people in person that you'll never have on social media.
1: So, how do we separate real life from this curated reality online? What are your tips and suggestions for that? So, we utilize it in a good way, but we keep it all in perspective.
2: Well, I think that's the key word, right? Perspective. Social media is a highlight, it's bits and pieces. And you can have some conversations there, but those are not in-depth. Get to the heart of it. What other things are you struggling with? Or why do you feel that way? Just a quick comment, you know, here and there is not really connecting. It it, It's checking in. It's letting people know, you know, that you're there for them. But uh, I think it's very important for us to have relationships that make us better, relationships that challenge us, and relationships that... uh, give us a perspective that we wouldn't have if we only looked at social media and seeing those kinds of things. That's when you connect with people and understand a broader sense of what matter to people. What matters to people and how can you get there?
0: We had to have a conversation in our house about that because my girls would compare when I would post something about Mackenzie and then later, I'd, you know, another post would be about Shelby, they'd be like, Ooh, my post got more than yours. And I'm like,
2: stop. (laughs) We need to talk about this. This is not the important part, right? It's not. But I get it. It's, you know, Facebook created that to to kind of generate. And it, the more likes you get, it pops to the top of the page and then more people see it. So it isn't really that you have more value. It's that there's algorithms that Facebook has that if you get likes or someone comments and you have to have so many words in the sentence to make sure that the, the algorithms are are generated or something like that. Or if you use an emoji, I don't do any of that, but I know it exists. And people who are into the marketing piece of, sharing what, you know, maybe their business or their hobbies, maybe side hustles. I understand all those things. And it's a piece of the thing that Facebook generates, right? But you're right. It's not value. It's not value. What do you think?
0: I agree. And I think it's tough. I think we have to be good role models for our kids and and not let them see that that's where we get our measure of self-worth either. Because I think that when they see us take an interest in that and focus on that, then they think that's what's important. And so then they do the same.
1: Yeah, I think we have definitely have to be role models because my sons are in their 20s and we talk a lot about social media, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate to post. Because now employers often look at social media when they interview you and before they hire you. So I think... We parents can probably do a better job of having more filters on what we post to set an example for our children. Sometimes I'm quite taken back by what some people post. You know, the old TMI, I feel like there's just a balance and I'm afraid we may have lost some perspective on what is appropriate and what's not.
0: I have to imagine that Rebecca has had that experience being a school board trustee. <laughs> I have to imagine that you've had some unfriendly comments thrown your way. And how did you deal with that? How did you just you know, move forward and kind of... I'm thinking you have to brush that off, but how do you deal with it?
2: Boys and girls need us. They need us to set an example. They need us as mentors. And they need us to pave the way for the future. So when ugliness comes, I mostly ignore it. I sometimes will say something like, just because it's printed doesn't make it true. I challenge people to find the facts for themselves, but I don't get into a back and forth because arguing just doesn't change people's minds. It just makes it ugly. And I, that's not the example we need to set for our students. And I, we all have important work to do. Let's get back to work. Let's go focus on what, what matters.
1: So, I mean, we've obviously talked today about how social media has been valuable during COVID, how it helps our work with PTA and with our families. We've talked about the good, the bad, the ugly, and not. So tell us, how can we stay online and keep it really positive and real in our lives? And when we need to reach out to somebody like you to help get us redirected, how would anyone go about finding you?
2: Oh, well, I would (laughs) would absolutely love to engage with them. So... You can find me on Facebook, Rebecca Fox. Also have a website, www.rebeccafoxspeaks.com. And I love encouraging people and talking about parenting. I do a lot of promotions and presentations based on love and logic principles that I learned from the sweet Brenda Bird, right? And I learned it when my children were small. And then I went and got the training of how to become a, a speaker presenter. And so now I do that and I tell, you know, funny stories about my kids and how all that works. The thing I would encourage people is social media is great, but put it down, right? Our children spell love T-I-M-E.
0: I definitely agree with you that kids spell love T-I-M-E, and, and it's funny that you say that today because this is a really busy week for me, and I'm out of town a lot, and I already have plans with Shelby that as soon as we're done this afternoon, I promised her that I would put my phone in the bedroom and that she and I would watch Hamilton together, and neither one of us would have our phones, and it's just going to be, you know, time together when we, have, when we can make room for it. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun, Rebecca. It's always great to be with you. And I hope that you're going to show up soon at one of our launch sessions again. Love and Logic, we'd love
2: to have you. And we really just appreciate the time you've spent with us today. Thank you for including me. And thank you for the work you all do for all of us. You make a difference for our boys and girls and our, our volunteers. And there's just nothing better. We appreciate you very much. Well,
1: and we appreciate you too, Rebecca, and your time today and some great thoughts on social media and navigation.
0: Ah, Thank you so much. And for the rest of our listeners, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Count of Three. Thanks again for joining Texas PTA's podcast. You can join PTA anytime and from anywhere at joinpta.org. Do you have a fun or touching parenting story of your own? Share it with us for a chance to land on a future episode. Just call 512-387-1909 and leave a voicemail, including your name, city, and short story. We can't wait to hear from you and join the count of three community on Instagram at count of three pod. That's at count of three pod for news on episodes, content, and just a place to laugh our way through this crazy thing called parenting.